Hi, this is Jared Berenstein's mom, and my name is Anne, and this is Hangout Party Fun Time. Okay, so now what? How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Jared Berenstein. And this show is called Hangout Party Fun Time. It is a show where I, your host, Jared Berenstein, sit down with a bunch of stand-up comedians, fellow stand-up comedians that I know and love, and we talk about stuff. It is the only show in the world like this where stand-up comedians just hang out with each other and talk about completely, there's no format or anything. It's the laziest show in the world. But I, and so I, I'm, I can't believe nobody else has thought of it. It is, <laughs> it is a, a completely untapped market. Um, and that's pretty funny, but not as funny as Rob Ryan desperately trying to open a soda as silently as humanly possible. All I kept hearing out of the corner of my, I think it's And it felt a little bit, I'm sure you guys have probably like extra sensory for uh, laughs. You know, it felt a little bit like, you know, somebody laughing in the corner. So it was hitting that ego thing that happens <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, I'm doing so good. I'm killing. I'm crushing. But all it was was just Rob trying to quietly open a soda. Sorry, you had I wasn't trying to, to quietly open it as mm-hmm. much as I was trying to not have it explode, explode oh. everywhere. I don't know if you ever heard. This is not a soda. This is a Poland Spring sparkling water. Okay. And I, I, if you're unaware. It's not a fucking soda, Jerry. <laughs> certain cultures call anything that sparkles a soda. I don't know if you know that's about true, that. But the difference being that, uh, if you're unaware, if you try to open this first try, it will it will go, go everywhere. everywhere. Absolutely mm. everywhere. It will Every go time. everywhere. Like a... Like, um, Oh boy, that metaphor I was just reaching for. It is, ugh, it was intolerable. But let me introduce you guys <laughs> to the comics I have in the studio tonight. We got first timer, Fumi Abe. What's going on, Fumi? Hello, hello. Thanks, Thanks so for, much for coming down, my thank man. Thank you for having me. It's good to be it's here. A pleasure to have you in the studio. Yeah. We got three time. Repeat hangout party fun time oh. guest, Allison Klemp. Oh my God, it's me. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. It's so glad to have you. Uh, it doesn't feel like a hangout party fun time show without you. And we have another first timer, uh, the very tall, the very great Rob Ryan. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. What's up, Rob Ryan? Oh my God, we're going to have so much fun on the show today, guys. Everybody is excited about the midterms, right? (laughs) You guys are all about it. I would not be doing my duty as a good liberal if I did not guilt every single one of you into not only voting, but volunteering for uh, Democratic candidates in the House and Senate. And here uh, in New York, we have a lot of options available. I myself canvassed in New Jersey. I'll be canvassing all weekend in Brooklyn. Who's your uh, pick in New Jersey? Uh, in New, you know, Malinowski. 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 I don't know. I know it's an Owski. Well, they sound great. I went to one of his <laughs> events. I went to one of his events, so I should know. Uh, what Whoa. kind of event did you do for Malinowski? Well, I went to a rally that Cory Booker was speaking at. Mm. Yeah, that is a charming guy, Cory Booker. Yeah, I like that dude a lot. Uh, but first of all, we're all going to vote, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No. Allison, you're voting? I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could be persuaded not to. I got to be saying, like, as a woman, it's not really that important for you to vote. Does that make sense? Like, it's just... Am I still allowed to? Not <laughs> I honestly wasn't sure. That's what I mean. It's just like this current administration has devalued the women's vote so much. It's basically like, you know, like eating celery. Like, there's like nothing there. 
You know, there's no, there's no nutrients. There's wow. no point to it. That's like the most like white male way to describe what's happening. Yeah. It's like celery, you know? 100%. It's, it's like a it vegetable. doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, Do you have a, uh, a prediction for what do you think is going to happen? I am not in the prediction business. You're not in the prediction business. I'm a okay. big fan of uh, Pod Save America, and they've been kind of like hammering that into everybody's heads. Like, to not predict. Just like we're not it, predicting is dumb. And then, and then right. when the, 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 they have talked about how dumb it is to predict so often that now I hear it so much more when I'm listening to like, Someone on CA, CNN talk about something right. mm. where they'll be like, why do you think the they're not the FBI isn't releasing more information about X, Y or Z? And that person will be like, well, in cases like this. And I'm like, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. So mm. why? Because I, I got 24 hours of content. to create, baby. <laughs> they, they certainly <laughs> do. Gotta make some shit up. Yeah, it is infuriating. So, yeah, I don't predict. But what I do do is. Uh, I look at the polls. You do. I see. I see <laughs> if Are we allowed to say this? Is that kind of, that kind of show. Okay. Oh, my God. Can she say Edgy. this? <laughs> so that is that Allison Clint brand. Razor sharp edges. You cannot silence this woman no matter how hard you try. Oy. No, I do look at the polls to see where I can try to have an effect, where I can try to have a benefit. Sure. And I just, uh, you know, I, I use all the uh, tools in my in my liberal uh source book like a uh, swing left and uh pod save america and vote save america and i i look for where i can uh try to help and try to make try to make a difference well i won't predict then either but i can point out what i am noticing okay. and uh, uh the trump's behavior over the past week has uh been a bit of like an indicator of, of some sweat on you his think part. he's sweating i uh he's just doubling and tripling down the rhetoric in such a way that um, a, a loser might, yeah. you know, someone who feels like they're slipping a little bit. It reminds mm. me, uh, uh, there's a very specific episode of The Simpsons. There's a Treehouse of Horror okay. uh, Halloween episode. You were speaking my language. And uh, if you remember all the advertisements, they came to life and they start yeah. destroying Springfield. The only way to combat them was to ignore the ads. Just and the ads, don't. And it was like, just don't look, just don't look. That was the little song that they came up with. Mm -hmm. uh, and then everyone started to ignore the ads. And for a moment, their heads start like looking back and then they start smashing and crushing everything faster and harder to try to get them to turn around. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't look and finally they they fell apart and died yes so i was i'm seeing trump in the you know smash faster oh, caravan man. of immigrants there around the corner when they're really months away and mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and uh you know facile nothings you know let's i i desperately hope that that's the case um i can't predict what will happen yes and I'm, I'm saying that what's going through his mind right now yeah. is to double and triple down on what he's been doing mm. uh and hopefully that is some indication that he sees you know mm -hmm. maybe what i'm seeing but yeah i mean i i mean i think there's a lot of theories um there i, I listen to so many political commentators who are talking about like the the strategy of x y or z person and i just have so little um uh belief in a and a strategy coming from this just like uh, a dementia riddled, uh, <laughs> racist old man <laughs> in the White House. It's like it's like anytime someone's like, what do you think he's trying to accomplish here? I'm right. like, he's being an asshole who wants attention. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's it. And so, yes, it does seem like he's being a little bit more temper tantrum-y than usual. Yeah, still knee-jerk. It's not, it's you not know. calculated. Yeah, it's, I don't think he's uh, he's looking at some uh, giant uh, district map, you know, <laughs> covered in different shades of red and blue and being like, where is my, where are my racist tantrums going to play the strongest right now? Well, I think if there's any strategy, it's just that they've accepted that they're going to probably lose the House and that they're just gunning for the Senate right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only strategy. That but the, they... the thing that bothers me so much is that they're so underhanded. And so it's like, yes, they are 
trying to they're like, all right, maybe we'll we'll focus on the Senate and we won't keep the House. But they're still doing like massive voter suppression efforts. You know, they're still letting, you know, Russian bots uh, try to influence people over social media. There was just a story that came out today, like hours ago, that Twitter had to had to boot 10,000 bots that were trying to encourage Democrats not to vote. Wow. They're they're saying, "Hey, I'm a Democrat, and you shouldn't vote because X, Y, or Z." What's and the What's the reason? What's the X, Y, and Z? Uh, <laughs> the, I think the reason that I read about was they were saying, "If you're a man, don't vote because it will drown out female voices." Wow! Oh, <laughs> like that. Okay. Oh, no it's... man is going to listen to that. <laughs> That's the thing. They're yeah. t- they're specifically targeting liberal boys like myself who will read that and go, uh, cuck and go boys. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? True. Cuck boys. Cuck boys. Yeah. Cuck boys. <laughs> Booker doing with the cuck, dis- with the cuck, uh, the cuck demographic, the cuck, the cuck caucus, if you will. The Just stay caucus. at home and watch your girlfriend fuck somebody else. <laughs> you know you want to. Oh God, I'd love to get out and vote, but I, got to, oh, I gotta watch my girlfriend. Bang Adrian, <laughs> Adrian's coming over at nine to fucking rail my be my uh, my girl. Oh the boy, the guy's name is Adrian. Adrian. Yeah, 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 exactly. I love that. That is the uh, it's, it's a the, unisex oh name. It is the sexiest name that I could think of. Adrian, <laughs> that cock boy. Adrian is a fuck. <laughs> so yeah, is anybody here in this room going to be doing any volunteering? for the midterms to try to get out the vote, try to convince more people to vote and save all of our lives. I already have been. Yeah. Whoa. Multiple states. Allison Clem. Multiple states. Uh, well I done. did some text banking for early voting in Texas, which was really easy. But you did what kind of banking? Text banking. Text banking. You just text okay. people. And you can do it in your underwear while you're smoking weed. And watching Making a Murderer. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty dope. Probably my favorite way. Um, And then I did some canvassing in uh, Vegas suburbs this weekend, this Mm. last weekend, which was uh, which was rewarding and good. And was that for the center race against Dean? Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of general for like all the Democratic candidates because there's a governor's race and a house race. That's dope. That's um, really dope. Yeah, but that was like people were like really amped up out there, so that was good. I think, based on what I saw, I mean, I don't know. Vegas is a big city. Nevada is a big state, but I think Jackie Rosen has a show. I also convinced my dad. Excuse me. I convinced my dad, uh, who is like Republican leaning, uh, to vote for Jackie Rosen. So that's that's that was great. pretty good. What was he your was, argument? How did you do that? I was like, Dad, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it. That'll do it. Well, he said he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a blue wave come. And then, like, I was like, oh, cool. So you're going to vote for Jackie Rose? And he goes, well, I don't know. Dean Heller's a nice guy. And I'm like, Dad, you just said. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> What's the, uh, do you guys remember the character in um, uh, Charlie Chocolate Factory who's like, but I want it now? Baruch Assault. Baruch Assault. Oh, the fat guy? Yeah. The fat kid, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I want a blue wave now, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> What was your What was your tactic? I just went, Dan. Dan. No. Okay, so me and Allison are being good citizens. Are you doing anything this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to Jersey tomorrow. Oh yeah, I wake for Kalinowski, Malinowski. Malino- yeah, Malino- that, that Polak. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, here's a good opportunity. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do. So how do I? Ooh, this is uh, great. So how do I go ahead and help? Before uh, I, before the, I rec- as a Brooklyn resident. Before mm. I recruit you, I just want to say one last thing. So I went out to do Kalinowski, Malinowski, whatever his name is, uh, with Matt Nadostab, Jay Welch, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Wolkowski. Uh We had a great time. 
it was awesome. It was a beautiful day out in Jersey. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a dope way to get involved. Mm. Uh, before we recruit uh, uh, Rob Fumi, any plans? To volunteer? Yeah. I'm actually new to the voting game because okay. I became a citizen in like 2016. We will Ooh. miss you <laughs> if uh, if things don't go well. First in, first out. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I hide the, uh, the neutralization paper like in my under my bed. I will mm-hmm. let you stay in my closet if it comes to that. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I will hide you. Well, you could be, be my Japanese name. Anne Frank. <laughs> Honestly... Honestly, Allison, that is such a, a craven ploy to get your apartment to be we turned into a museum. <laughs> uh, I want to be I want to be one of those evil dudes like in The Pianist where he just locks Adrian Brody in a room for months. Oh, yeah. Like, well, this is Adrian Brody's piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I want to hear all about why Adrian Brody's bad. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, so volunteering. Uh, this great website called uh, Vote Save America that the Pod Save America boys run. Uh, there are great opportunities that they list there. It can be a little daunting to like go through all the different mm-hmm. candidates that they yeah. have available, but is specifically for New Yorkers, there's uh, Kalinowski, Malinowski, I think it's New Jersey 7th, is that right? Yeah. New Jersey 7th is really easy district to get to, and they're always looking for volunteers. That's where me and Allison have done mm-hmm. uh, in the past, but there's also a house race in Staten Island slash Brooklyn, yep. nice. a district that goes into Max both Rose, right? for a guy named Max Rose. Uh, where I will be canvassing Saturday and Sunday, uh, the 11.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. slot. Uh, you guys are welcome to join for either of those. Oh, cool. Do you have, uh, to, do I have to do anything I mean, um, other than come? You know what? I So I'm, not a, pro- I'm not a professional. Uh, absolutely. Uh, hit me up and uh, and just join. Um, I'm not a professional canvasser, but what I have found is that it's really fun to have like a small group of like two or three people, you know, to go with you from door to door. It just It's a little less scary mm-hmm. and a little bit more fun. You know, and I feel like it's also a better vibe where if there's like one strange person knocking on your door, it's like, what the fuck is this psychopath wants? <laughs> but if it's like a group of people and they have, you know, pamphlets and they're wearing stickers, you're like, oh, well, this is a fun group of kids. Right. You it's know. like trick or treating. Exactly. Like trick or treating. <laughs> uh, I have been canvassing for the past two presidential elections, but I have not done a mid. Oh, yeah, so you're so, an expert yeah. so have, canvasser. Yeah. Mm. I have some experience. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, canvass for Hillary? Did you canvass for, for Bernie? Uh, I'm making a lot of assumptions no, here. No, no, go ahead. For <laughs> <laughs> Trump, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, what'd you do? I was, uh, yeah, for for uh, Obama twice and then also for Hillary. For Hillary? Oh, you yeah. don't need to lower your voice. No, because <laughs> I was you trying don't to, need to be because I did not, because it, just the way everybody was like less excited, I was less excited. Yeah. I didn't do nearly as much. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, you did more than I did. I'm like, I was very for Hillary, and I never did any work. And mm-hmm. I think as I was partially like, bah, whatever. I'm in New York. Like, what am I really gonna do? Yeah. You know? And so yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I was like, uh, looking at the polls and just test. I didn't even need them to say that it was gonna be a washout. I was just like, just make the polls safe enough where I can feel good doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were. And look where we are now. And now we're all fucked. And that's so. why this year I've been very like, I have to do shit because I have to at least say that I tried. Like if it goes bad, yes. that I have to at least say like I made an effort. A hundred percent. Because I'm, I feel so guilty. Not that I'm like, if I had just gone out there, it all would have been different. But like, <laughs> you want to at least say that you tried, you know? Like yeah. some years from now when I'm in a fallout shelter with my grandchildren, I want to be able to say like, I tried. I went to know? all the protests. I knocked on a bunch of doors. I made the phone calls. What else could I have done? Like, I don't want my kids to be like, oh, you're just one of those people that just tweeted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, I tweeted the whole time and other things as well. Like, hey, uh, hey, hey, a couple of those tweets went viral. I'll have <laughs> <laughs> I got called a kike by like 100 bots. So don't tell me I didn't make any sacrifices or didn't do anything. 
Have we sold you? Are you going to come hang out with us this weekend? What or? is this weekend? Yeah. I can't weekend? do it this weekend. All right. Well, can you make phone calls or something? Maybe. All right. I'll yeah. hit you up with all the information. Yes. You can also do text banking, you which I highly recommend. Actually, I've never done canvassing or anything like that. Can you mm-hmm. tell me like what? Like how how does it go? I know so you basically, said it's more they, fun. They give right? you a bunch of houses to go to. Right. You knock on oh, doors. They give you a yeah. specific territory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You go there. You uh, you knock on doors. Ninety percent of the time, the people are not home. Okay. Uh, because it is twenty eighteen, uh, and people have things to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And so, but the people that do answer, you basically say like, "Hey, just wanted to make sure you're going to vote in the midterms. Do you mind if I ask you're going to vote for? Here's why I like this guy. You know, I'd love it if you could. You know, blah blah blah. Then you give him a flyer and you uh, go to the next mm. place. Do you get? Uh, upset? Do you, do you ever upset people? I or? have not upset anybody so far. I guess because you're in New York, most people are gonna. They also vote. like they vet the list, and so they're yeah. usually sending you to people that they are like expecting to be reliable oh, Democratic sense. voters. Right, right. Mm. So it's really just about it. getting people who they know are Democrats to go or out. who likely vote Democrats who go to the polls. Mm. Yeah, and if there's like one apartment where like all the canvassers have been disappearing, they're like probably a murderer. So they just like take that guy off the list. Yeah. You know? And that way <laughs> they can all? save a bunch of canvassers. They don't call anybody. They just no. take him off that list. No, definitely not. Wow. Do you want to hear my most offensive uh, canvassing story? Rob Ryan, yes, I want all to right. hear your most offensive <laughs> canvassing story. I was in uh, Pennsylvania. I forget which county, but that was... I was deep in there, staying with a, a family mm. so that we could we could canvas together. And we were the group, and we go up to one house, and the the wife answers the door, and we ask the standard question, like, oh, are you going to go on the phone? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 2008. Uh, and then the, the the husband was sitting in like you know like a like a recliner like deep in deep in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do, do you mind if we ask who you're voting for? And the woman's like, um, well. And then from the distance, the guy says, I won't say the word, but he says, we're voting for the N word. Whoa. That's what he says. Whoa. And I was like, thanks that for your vote. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> what the? That's I being like facetious. Like, what was the... he seemed dead serious. Like, like we're like, yeah, like we're gonna we're, do. We're it. doing. It. Wow. Like, All right, That's so weird. Damn. It's so, and I mean, it's like it's weirdly progressive, but it's also, I mean, it's not just racist, but it's also like the wife had to ask her husband who Everything she was it. voting oh, yeah. for. The, the entire scenario was yeah. was completely <laughs> stock, mm-hmm. except for. Who they were who voting for. Vote for. Yeah. You know, everything else made perfect sense. That I goes was... to that whole thing where people don't really care about the, some people don't care about the issues. They just care about the person. They just care <laughs> about, am I inspired by this person? Yeah. And, you know, Barack Obama was that kind of candidate. Uh, not saying that anybody else wasn't, just saying, uh, put a little shine a light, a light onto that story that is fascinating. And it is, I have to admit, like one of my soft spots is when I hear somebody say something really progressive, but with a very, like, um, an accent that you don't expect something very progressive to come out of. Yeah, just something terribly anachronistic. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Novel. Well, there was a, uh, a State of the Union that was done, I think it was done by Trump, and the response was done by uh, like an, or a governor in Arkansas or something who was a Democrat. Right. And he just had the thickest accent, and everything he was saying was so progressive. It's like this. That's the, I get the same feeling listening to that as I do if I watch like a puppy play with a baby. You know, I'm just like I love it. And then, and then when the Muslim, we gotta get these Mexicans rights. <laughs> <laughs> we need to improve the pathway to citizenship. Uh, there was a um, when the Muslim ban happened. The mayor of Boston, a man named Marty Walsh. He gave a big speech about how immigrants are Boston, and I, oh God, with that Boston, I'm, I'm so bad at Boston accents, but I swear to God, I was just sitting there. It, that's my ASMR. 
if I'm being 100% honest. Like, a Boston accent. A Boston accent, a Boston accent. especially <laughs> saying liberal things. Oh, yeah. You know, but there's definitely, uh, like, I could fall asleep watching, you know, The Departed, you know, oh. just like listening to all the <laughs> super heavy uh, Boston accents, you know. Uh, but yeah, all right. I'm glad I feel like we did our part. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, we're we, good liberals. We're good liberals. We're going to get an extra sticker. On we, Tuesday. Did, we did it. Do they have early voting in Jersey? Uh, do they have early voting in Jersey? I don't do, do know. They if they didn't talk about it when you were canvassing before, though, they probably don't. But don't Nevada remember. and Texas both have early voting, and, that, and a lot of states do. And now this is like, once this election is over, this is going to be my new thing is why don't we have it in New York? Because mm-hmm. we should. It's just dumb. Uh, I want early voting. I also, oh, you know what? I think we have early voting in New York because I early voted for the primary because I was going to be out of town. I think absentee voting, you can send it in uh, early, but like like uh, in Texas and, and in Nevada, you can just go anywhere in your county like mm-hmm. early and vote. There's like, you know, tons of places you can hmm. just go and like it doesn't have to be your specific polling location. Okay. And then on election day, it does have to be your specific place. But then like, so it's just like a lot easier and it makes it more accessible to a lot of people because yes. not everybody can get there on Tuesday. Yeah. I what? want late voting. I feel like that should be something that is considered. If you get it in by November, anytime, I think it should be it should like be counted. I think it should be I think it should be like taxes, like get it by April 15th. Yeah, so there's like just, a penalty maybe, but yeah. Like, yeah, eight bucks, you know, whatever. <laughs> get it in by December. I want that. I want automatic voter registration. I want uh, the day off for voting yes, holidays. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous that we don't have all these things. Um, but yeah, I think we did it, guys. I think, I think we solved democracy. Here. I think that it should be a day off, and it should also just be November first every day, so that everybody can just be hungover from Halloween. Ooh! And then you just go in on the first, and you vote because you have the day off. That's savvy, and I'll tell you why. Because you know that in Australia, vote they have the day off for voting, and it is mandatory. And so what people do is, as a silent protest, everybody gets hammered. Before they go into votes. And what they have found is that when these people get drunk, they vote more conservative. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw John Oliver talk about this once, like a long, long time ago, where he was just like, you know, completely hammered. He's just like, I love you, man. But entitlements, dude, we got to get rid of them. <laughs> people are just living off the welfare state. <sighs> and anyways, so, yeah, if you're already hungover, then people aren't going to get that hammered on voting day. You know, if they're already hungover from Halloween already, oh, it's very, very. Yeah, how do you prevent plan? Uh, the businesses from just having huge sales and everyone just going on vacation on voting days? Yeah, uh, if you were to do a, a day off, uh, early voting like, will be one one way of doing that. But yeah, that's uh, that's diabolical. Once you have once you have the day off, I mean, like Memorial Day. Or yeah, July fucking Chick Fil A is gonna do a thing. Yeah, like, don't come do vote. How get a chicken be, sandwich? Hey, the big yeah. voting day, election day sale. You know. <laughs> And then people get distracted That's like they great. do whatever they're Stimulate the economy. Yeah, <laughs> stimulate the economy. Everybody gets a vote. Oh man! But let's uh, let's move on to other subjects yeah. because I, I, you know, if we talk about politics too much, I'm gonna get depressed. Um, so guys, let's talk about depression. Guys, <laughs> I just got from, back from a giant fucking stand up tour. Ooh. Five Ooh. weeks. Um, I think it was uh, 17 states, wow. 24 cities, a real flex, 28 shows. <laughs> it was feel? pretty dope. It, I, I feel okay. It's a little bit of a mind fuck to come back to New York after that because the scene is so much different here than when you're doing, you know, uh, shows, you know, like really big shows full of people that are happy to see you mm-hmm. and that I don't have to do any work for. The headliner's doing everything. He's, you know, booking the shows, booking the hotels. Uh, you know, he, he's making sure that there's an audience there every single night and all I have to do is show up and do my show. And I'm just like, this feels great. This is the way that my career should be going. And then you come back and it's like, you have to beg people 
to let the to let you do their show for six people in like five months, you know? And then it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is different. This is a different feeling than I had before. Yeah. You know? But, you know, it was still an invaluable experience, as I'm yeah. sure you know, Rob. You went yeah. on a similar tour. Yes, exactly. And right? you got to you get paid every night. You get paid and, every night. Uh, you got to sell your My book. book. Yeah. That's right. You guys are not gonna believe this. I sold I I, I had uh, I had 27 copies of my book hanging out in my apartment. I was like, I'm going to bring my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique, on the road with me, and maybe I'll sell a couple of copies while I'm there. And my only thing, I just want, I was like, I'm bringing 27 out, and it's heavy, and it's in my luggage. All I want to do is sell one or two, and that way I'm taking back fewer than I, than I, than I took there. And I sold 95 copies of my book. I had what? to I had to re up twice Whoa. from the publisher, and they had to ship it to me while I was on the road. Wow! It is unbelievable how friendly audiences are on the road. They just want to buy your thing. You had that experience, yeah. right, Rob? Absolutely. We were touring with uh, Jarrett and I. Uh, were part of the same tour. Uh, it was Steve Hostetter as the headliner, and uh, Brett Druck uh, as a feature. Mm-hmm. And me and Jared, uh, at different times, I went on the road with them for about a five week stint, and then or like a, a two week stint. Uh, I couldn't make it on this last leg. Jarrett wound up doing the other uh, leg. Filled in. And yeah, Steve's audiences are just fantastic. They're, so they're much, so, so amped friendly. up. And they just like rain dollars on you as well. <laughs> After the show, they're super pumped to uh, to buy merchandise. So if you have something valuable like a book, uh, something not valuable like Brett's like bracelets, Brett's bracelets doesn't yeah. matter. They, <laughs> if they had a good time, they'll pay money. Which, by the way, is hilarious. I was selling my uh, my album. Uh, called Rob Ryan Non-Alcoholic to be out soon, but I had like unofficial um, download cards for $10 and they were buying those uh, as well too with a little explanation. Some of these crowds didn't understand what it was. So, so, download so many crowds. It was really funny. So many people were like, oh, I don't know what's... Um, they're like, people were taking them. I was like, no, 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 you have to, uh, I'm sorry. It's actually, you, you have to buy. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'll buy it. I'm like, no, no, you're not, not, you don't buy it later. You buy it now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Still walking away. I'm like, just give me $10. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can take the card. I think it's a business card. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So when, when people talk about the road, I, I always imagine like an older crowd. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. with this, you know, anecdote, is mm-hmm. that sort of the case? Um, I want to say yeah, no, no. I mean, they they were there, and you definitely see more of that type of person than if you're just doing the bar shows and the club shows here in New York. Right. Um, but it, there was still a lot of young people, you know. Yeah, this was slightly different because um, this was very, very much Steve's show and Steve's audiences, so they ranged uh, pretty considerably. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. um, Steve has like a specific, you know, demographic of mm-hmm. people that really kind of flock to him. Mm-hmm. But if you were just doing a random show uh, on the road somewhere in Missouri, then yeah, I would, I would definitely say that they're generally older. These are the people that are just coming out to the, the whatever stand-up comedy club that there is. Yeah, right, they were right, just—they're right. not coming out to see you or whoever the headliner is. They're just coming out to see comedy. Mm. You know, they heard comedy was going to be here, and we're going to go see comedy tonight. So, and they are always yeah. the most appreciative <laughs> of all these New York valleys. I know. Mm. I always get so freaked out when I uh, do like shows outside the state, and I just see like a sea of gray hairs. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, this is. <laughs> like, I really hope these guys are going to like my uh, my jokes. I know about uh, how abortion is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that's like ninety percent of your material yes, for me. Uh, dead like... babies, abortions, and Asians. <laughs> uh, those those top three. That is... These grandparents like fuckboy material, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're sliding you know, your into grandpa was DMs? a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that take. That's pretty dope there. But yeah, guys, it was a fun tour. I did most of the driving. And here's the thing. I want to talk about how fun it was being on this tour. Uh, but for me, I have like a lot of physical ailments that uh, flare up 
at you know random times, be it uh, hemorrhoids, a cough, um, digestive issues, uh, what have you. Everything that could have been going wrong with my body b- was wrong no. before I even left. It was Aww. like I was sick. I had this cough. And I was just like piling things on that I had to do before I left. So I was exhausted before we even started. Like before the first day of the tour, I was already Mm -hmm. tired and coughing. We got to Reno was the first place that we were doing the shows. And they were like, you know, talking about, you know, uh, how we're going to set up the cameras and, you know, like working on new material and, you know, how we're going to be getting more people to come to these shows. And I'm like, I feel like I need a week off. Yeah. You know, And, and we just got started. But it was still so fun and so rewarding to to be doing all those shows for all those big crowds and to be selling my book it just felt very i don't know validating because what you haven't quite mentioned yet is that part of the tour too is that we you are you know organizing that show so you show up about two hours early to the venue you have to make sure that the venue's set up for comedy if it's not you rearrange chairs you right. make sure the lighting's okay mm-hmm. uh you work with the sound guy to make sure that you can plug into the board and you set up cameras to to record each night so there is a bit of logistical work to go into the show so to yes. not be fully 100 uh, yeah you know, it was difficult and you know what the word that i i was basically fine uh i think like there was one show early on where i was coughing a little bit too much on stage and i felt like my timing was a little bit off but for some reason the only show that really that i felt like i couldn't do a good job was the very last one and it's like my cough was like up and down and sometimes it was there and sometimes it wasn't there but for some reason we did the last show was in vegas and i was thinking about this vegas show from the very beginning i'm like oh my god it's gonna be such a great blowout you know like we're doing vegas at the last yeah. show it's gonna be huge and it was by far like the jankiest show that we did it was like <laughs> it was like miles off the strip in a barbecue restaurant <laughs> where was it um it was uh the guy I, this is i don't want to sound like i'm disparaging uh this barbecue restaurant the food was great and and they and they were very good to us and they, and they put on a good show um, but it was the one of the Pawn Star guys. He has a barbecue place oh, okay. off the strip. And um, it just, yeah, it just felt like such a weird, uh, I can't believe. When was it? Um, it was the end of, it was the it was the very beginning of October. Oh, okay. So it was like a Monday. The, oh, did you get any canvassing in before you left? <laughs> I did not get any canvassing <laughs> in before I left. I was so liberal. tired. <laughs> I was so tired and I couldn't stop coughing. And I was just desperate to get home at that point. Um, but yeah. Are you from Vegas, Allison? I went to high school there, Whoa, I but I don't, I don't claim it as home. Uh, but my dad and my brother live there also. Oh, okay. So, so you have family there. Yeah. Fun stuff. When my did brother you guys go? You, your brother lives there also. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a professional poker player and has been for about 10 years. Whoa. Whoa. You know, we talked about you on the road, Rob, and oh. I heard that you are no slouch on the poker table also. That is true. Over the past two years, I have gotten I've gotten a lot better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to... they gave you lessons? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I always played it recreationally, and then I won the Boston Comedy Festival, got $10,000 as a grand prize. This year? Uh, it was 2016. And so okay. I visited my brother in <laughs> Vegas. So you're saying that yeah. was a mixed year for everybody? <laughs> it was like some good, some get bad in 2016, you know? Uh, so I visited my bro, and he was going on a little bit of a downslope. I said, hey, man, like, you know, I know when I'm a downswing, I, I just want to, like, go on stage more. So I, I assume you want to play more. So don't worry about me. You don't have to, you know, entertain me. We can just play. Yeah. And so I played more poker in my life than I'd ever had that week. We were doing, like, 10-hour sessions a day. And we would sit at the same table, and he would text me what I was doing right or wrong. Uh, you're allowed to, not, as long as it's not in a hand. So after a hand, mm-hmm. he'd be like, ah, don't raise that turn. I was like, what? you don't know what I had. He's like, well, first of all, I do. But more importantly, you just Ooh. never raise that turn. You know, mm-hmm. he, and I was like, what the hell? And just he's 
giving me all these great it was the best like crash course in poker yeah. i've ever had and i was generally hooked at that point i said this is really cool to mm-hmm. actually know this game not just at a, at, a, at a recreational level and so over the course of the year i was playing more and more and then about last year or so i kind of reached this break-even point where i start. i was keeping track and i like started to become an actual winning earning player and I've incorporated it into my life. And this tour was actually great because we would be in throughout the Midwest where there's casinos everywhere. And so I would do the show and I would be like, all right, peace out, guys. And from like, you know, 11 p.m. to like four in the morning, I, I would play. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so and make, you know, as much or maybe more than I was making from the show. So and so really in that insane. time, you turned your 10 grand from Boston into <laughs> how much money, Rob? Uh, legitimately, I've. Uh, over the past year, made about another ten grand. Nice, you doubled so. that money. So, if there's any kids wondering if they should go to college, don't. There's no reason. Uh, don't. Just become a really good poker player. You can double <laughs> your money. I went to college, everybody, and I was valedictorian in my university. What? Oh my uh, god! Humble brag. Yeah. Not humble brag. Not humble brag. I went there two years ago. It's a solid brag. Um, what was I going to say? You can double your money. Something funny about that. Oh, um, I went to Atlantic City with um. Uh, fellow stand-up comedian Danny Palmer. I'm sure you guys are familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funniest people I think that I know. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Uh, we uh, so funny, pretty good, Danny. <laughs> uh, and uh, we all got pretty drunk. Went out in Atlantic City, and we were gambling. I liked uh, the dice games. I was playing craps. Uh, they were playing uh, twenty-one. They're playing blackjack. And uh, we're at this one casino, and we're doing pretty good. Everybody was up, and then we decided to go to a different casino. And mm-hmm. because everybody was up. We forgot that you could lose. Right. And so everybody's like, How much money did you make? How much money did you make? Okay, so that was like one hour. So if we keep this going until like six o'clock in the morning, we're gonna have like a couple thousand dollars between, the, between all of us. This is all gonna be earnings, man. And then of course we go to the next place and we lose everything. Um, but uh, that was another here nor there. Speaking of doing something valuable with your money, guys, you may or may not know this, but Radio for Brooklyn is a not for profit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> Put your money away, you psychopath. Uh, <laughs> uh, not you, the listeners. We want your money. I don't want Rob's money. He is a poor poker player. Uh, our monthly <laughs> pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. So, yeah, guys, that is, um, you know, except for the tour and except for uh, my holiday plans and except for the fact that I was uh, sick and in pain from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet during the entire tour. That is, uh, that is uh, you know, the, 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 the entirety of my, my content uh, for, you know, since I got back, since I got back from this tour. Um, but there's a couple other things I'm going to be putting out on, um, on my YouTube channel, just like little cute stories that kind of like surrounded the tour and why I was so tired uh, going out there. But we'll, there'll be time for plugs at the very end. Uh, Fumi, I just wanted to ask you what's going on, man. I wanted to ask you how you've been. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, man. Long time no see. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some colleges, man. That is yeah. pretty dope. It's, I'm sure it's very different from what you guys do well, on the road. I think that everybody who doesn't do colleges imagines that it is the greatest gig that there is. Can oh, you, because of the money? Yeah, which you yeah. grow because yeah. of the money. Yeah. The money's good. <laughs> the money's good. <laughs> the money's good. I actually did, I did Stony Brook. Oh, great. Yes, like a oh, month cool. ago. Oh, yes. Cool. Very, very. It was great. Yeah. Um, I was 
convinced they only booked me because I was Asian. Because when I got to the thing, the Asians the, there. there's so many fucking Asians. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> so, too many. It was inappropriate. Stony Brook College? Yeah. I, mean, University. I, don't, know, I don't know anything about Stony Brook because I'm not from around here, but mm-hmm. beautiful college. Um, but yeah, I, the most recent one I did, I guess last weekend, I was in uh, Frostburg State University. Frostburg in, State in University. Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Sounds, sounds fake, but all right. I'm with you. <laughs> it's, uh, you gotta, I flew into Pittsburgh and I drove down two hours. And, you know, but those, those are the schools that they, you know, they hire comedians like us. Like, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe not you guys. You guys are on tour. But uh, <laughs> How many colleges have you <laughs> roughly uh, done? Uh, I'm very new to it. I've only done like seven or eight. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, any kind of nightmare gigs? N- you know what? I'm... Knock on wood. I have not had any nightmare ones. I've had like ones where I've had to, probably this most recent one. I've had to fight for my laughs the most, but it's still like there are people there. And this this school is so weird because they had a bar at the school. What so, do you, I mean, that's like pretty alcohol. normal is it? for there to be a bar. Yeah, my school in, had a couple in, of bars in the student oh, activity center, like yeah. where I was performing mm, yeah. as a bar. I'd never really. Yeah, yeah we weird, had one. Right? We, didn't, we didn't have that. We didn't have school. that either. Yeah, my college. We had uh, it in my school. Was that was <laughs> a state school. I wonder if that. Maybe that affected Maybe. it. Yeah, my school. I went to Kenyon, which is in uh, Ohio. Yeah, in Ohio. Oh, I'm from Columbus, bro. What? Yeah. Oh, that's you know what? All this politics shit makes sense now. I was like, I don't know. Well, because so, I because I like, went to Kenyon. Yeah, that's like such a liberal arts school. Like it is Kenyon, Oberlin, mm-hmm. right? All that. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, definitely yeah, not yeah. OU as far as like politics goes, but I don't know. Like, I don't think that um, is OU political. I don't know. Uh, no, OU is just like the it's opposite of what yeah, yeah, Kenyon yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I didn't get radicalized at Kenyon. I got radicalized afterwards, like watching the Daily Show and being in New York and being a poor person and just being like <laughs> and like getting angry something about and get angry about my insurance companies and stuff like that i think you know what i think the thing that radicalized me the most was um we would have to go at this at the restaurants that i worked at you would have to go once a year to the insurance meeting and you would go there and they would explain all the plans to you and how much it was going to cost and every year the plans got more and more expensive mm-hmm. and there was like a cheap plan that was clearly like a fuck you that was like you pay ten dollars a month and you don't get any benefits it's literally just throwing your money in the garbage yeah. and i was like i was getting so fucking mad and i was like i wonder if anybody else is as mad as me and then all the other waiters talk about how mad they were and i was like this is this is it man this is the juice this is where <laughs> this is where i'm becoming an antifa you know <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, uh, went to Ohio, forget why I was telling that story. Oh yeah. And there was a bar, there was like a, there was like a restaurant, there was two restaurants on campus that you could get beer at and, and alcohol. But then there was also like in the main building where there was like a dining hall in the bottom, there was a bar, um, you know, called, I think Philander's pub, Philander's pub was Mm. Philander Chase was our, uh, founder. And so a lot of things were called Philander blank, you know? On campus. What kind of name is Philander? Never heard of that. Philander? Yeah. He's like one of those classic uh, weird old timey names for, uh, yeah. you know, dudes with uh, giant mutton right. chops and mm-hmm. extre- extremely weird <laughs> facial hair. That's yeah. like way too long. Dudes who wear a vest every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have to wear a vest every Say day. Say no more. I know, I know who this guy is. Yeah. So did you go to college in Ohio since you're in no, Ohio as well? No, I went to NYU. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been here for like 10 years. Right. Um, and you just is... decided to become a citizen in 2016. Uh, 20, I should, I should, it was definitely during the Obama terms. So I guess it must have been 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was a green card person for like a long time. Ah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't, I had it, and it was good. So mm-hmm. um, it was working. It was working. But I, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to renew every 10 years or whatever. So I just did it, and mm-hmm. it was weird giving up my Japanese citizenship because that's where I was born and stuff. I, yeah. I think that was partly. Oh, you can't have dual citizenship. Uh, no, not if you're Japanese because the country's so small, they oh. limit their population. So after 20, you have to choose. So if you're Japanese, if you, if you have Japanese parents, but you're born in America, you can have both. 
until mm. you're 20 and then you have to choose yeah oh my god yeah so wow, what a sophie's choice yeah but you know i mean i went to school here and you know my japanese sucks ass so i was like all right i guess i'll just <laughs> <laughs> it's wherever so so, uh, wherever you speak the that language the most efficiently yeah then that is the citizen that you actually get to become. absolutely yeah oh that's interesting man yeah well done so you were so you said you were born here no, I was born in Japan. Oh, you're born in Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. And then moved to Ohio when I was like eight. Okay. And then did up until high school, and then moved out here for college. What br- mm-hmm. what brought your parents over here from? My dad, my dad's company just had like they were expanding. They he's like an engineer, and they build like factories for like Honda and stuff. And a lot of people don't know this, but there's a huge Honda factory in Ohio. Oh yeah. So there's like a ton of Japanese people, like weird mm. a weird pocket of Japanese people. Mm. Uh, so that's where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. My parents live in Mexico now. They're like, it's it's very strange. They they my my dad like would just travel out for work, and so he was never home. Mm-hmm. So we were in Ohio for a little bit, and then he kept moving around. But like my mom didn't think it was good for us to keep moving every other year, you know, because school and stuff. So yeah. we stayed. But yeah, my my parents live in Mexico. They've been there for like four years, and I think That's they're gonna dope. move to Thailand next or something like that. That's so great, man. That's dope. I know, so we don't. I don't really have a home, which is the sad part. You know, mm-hmm. I can't really go home anymore. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, none of us can get go home. Isn't that the expression? You can't go home. You can't, can't go, go home, home again. But I, <laughs> I mean, my it's not as cool as that. But like, I moved around a lot growing up, so I never really felt like I was home. Yeah. Anywhere. What What did your parents do? Uh, my dad is a casino lobbyist, and my mom worked for airlines. Oh, okay. Oh, your dad's like so he's like in politics. Yeah, kind of. Is that what a casino lab? I don't actually know. I don't. I just, so okay. I, so I didn't know my dad was a lobbyist for a long time, but like his title is like director of government affairs, which is like the fancy name that they give lobbyists. But I didn't know that. Mm. And then like I eventually figured it out. But it's also like he used to do. He used to work for Miller. So it was like he like the worked beer for cool company. Shit. Yeah. So like my dad's worked for like cool shit. So I don't feel, like, <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? I'm like. After that, he was a lobbyist for DJs. Yeah. <laughs> It's strippers. So. Yeah. No, but he, it's mostly, it's not, it's not very glamorous. Like most of what he does is like in the Midwest and like he's like in Missouri all the time. And it's usually just like lobbying for like different tax deals to state governments. And it's very boring. Wow. Mm. Jesus. It sounds cool. Yeah. Wow. God. To speak about the home thing, I did have a very solid, like, you know, structural home. But yeah, yeah as you get older, I mean, I, I go to that, to that structure that was my home. That yeah. is a house, and and more and more, you're just like, well, this doesn't feel like this home. Mm, much, I see. much of anything to me. Yeah. So you do lose it. Really? Regardless. Oh man, very, very I always strange. just like fantasize about like, guys, I, I can't go back to that room I, anymore. It's really you know? to the point where I, I actually want my dad uh, to just sell the house, really, and live somewhere more more comfortable for him, perhaps, because he was always talking about like, oh, I want to, you know, go out in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. go somewhere, just live, and oh, look at this backyard. And more and more, because we grew up on Long Island, I'm like, yeah, man, just do it. Like, yeah. who cares? Why are you trying to hold on to this, like, house? It's, it's expensive. Yeah. Sell can, it. Mm. I, and when I visit you, we could just create new memories there, and that's, that, that'll be better. <laughs> yeah, so can like, you... such a good son. Do you have access to your childhood home, Allison? Oh, there's no... I mean, no. My, no. my parents My parents moved away from Vegas after my little brother graduated high school, and mm-hmm. they moved to Colorado, which is where we had, like... We had a second home there for a long time. And so like color and then I lived in Colorado for a while. So that sort of like became what I considered home. Mm. But I didn't grow up there. So it's like a little weird. And then that house is now gone and my parents are divorced. So Yeah. We sold my childhood home when I was in college. 
And so I think, Rob, you're the only person who could even go to their childhood go. home. Yeah. 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 And do you? Do you, do you go in there I and do, you're like, oh my I God, I'm so, so glad. I family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's just sad. No. <laughs> it's an empty home. <laughs> it's really very much an empty I don't know how sad you want oh me to get, God. but it's like they're all gone. <laughs> I like, see. Yeah. It's it so, is. It's a little selfish for me, too. I'm like, can we just get rid of this, this yeah, godforsaken house? Overrated. Misery and loss. Overrated having a home to go to and to go back to and to have memories. You know, I will say this. So going back out to L.A., uh, we started the tour out on the West Coast. So I flew out to L.A. at the beginning of September. And I my dad used to operate this very small airline that just flew to um, ski resorts Mm. around Los Angeles. And there was this it's not like part of LAX proper, but it's like close to LAX. And it's not easy to find this place unless you specifically know that you're going there. Like you would never accidentally find my dad's uh, airport, you know, like where you would go and check in your bags and like get on the plane. But I was I was driving around to L.A. Uh, and I had like a little bit of time to kill before one of the shows that I had out there. And I was driving around and outside of the uh, airport, there was this wall that just had like all these little like circles kind of like punched into it. Like that was the design. It was just like circle, 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 like on this on this wall. It was very decorative. And I saw it from the road and I almost had a heart attack. Because it was like, I hadn't seen that thing in so long, you know? And so have you ever had something that's, like, been a memory for such a long time that you're like, I clearly just made that up, Yeah. you know? Like, that's not a real thing, you know? And so I was driving around, I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, it's all still here. Right. It's all mm. exactly where I left it, you know? And so, I don't know, maybe I just kind of backtracked and, uh, you know... Just kind of negated that thing that we just said about sell your childhood home, you know? <laughs> and I was just like so glad that it was there and I could visit it. You but, know? but this is specific because you didn't know that it was there. You kind of yes. stumbled upon it. Well, I was looking you for it. You were looking for it. But mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be there. And you I didn't was think like, it was going to be so potent. There's no way that that, like, that wall <laughs> with yeah. the circles on it is still going to be there, you know? And it was. It was there. It was, it was a real fucking mindfuck. And I had the exact same thing happen. I was doing a show in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I decided to go visit my old college. And it had been over 10 years since I had been there. And walking onto campus, it felt like walking into a dream because I was like, I hadn't seen this thing that was such a, a huge like memory bank in my brain for so long. I was like, I can't believe this place exists. Mm. I can't believe I didn't make this place up. It's bonkers, man. I actually really relate to that because I felt the exact same way when I was in Vegas and I went to the Hooters Casino. <laughs> <laughs> She's just crying. You've seen, uh, <laughs> you seen all the old titties? <laughs> oh, man. You're like, oh, you're all the, real. All the new titties. You're real. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful. You aren't real. Oh. <laughs> Well, I love you. The opposite experience. They do have tits on their chips, though, which does make it probably the best casino. Are you Vegas. talking about the the casino chips? The casino chips, yeah. Like on the five dollar ma- chips, they have like girls in like bikini tops and shit. Oh, I thought they just literally made it like into a nipple because like a disembodied. Ch- yeah, a chip <laughs> is a very natural <laughs> boob shape. Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to like make it make the center a nipple, you could very easily. Yeah. If you work for marketing at uh, Hooters, give me a call because I got some really dope <laughs> ideas for you guys. We're gonna make a lot of money together. I swear to God. Uh, the Hooters Casino in Vegas is one of the places that I have not been to. Um, it's so trashy. I love it so much. <laughs> it's also like for some reason just like where I get the best cards when I'm there. So I actually just like do the best. And they have dollar blackjack, which is great. That is pretty trashy. All the dollar tables. Mm. So you're saying you do the best gambling wise. Is, is blackjack your game, Allison? Yeah, it's my favorite. Okay. I like I like dice, guys. I dice. like dice. It's been so long since I've played craps. And mm-hmm. I I did a little um, of like the machine 
craps games, mm-hmm. but I didn't venture into like the live games. Yeah, I had a uh, when on the same trip with uh, Danny Palmer to Atlantic City, I was uh, I was extremely hungover after our first night of gambling and losing all of our money. Um, and so the next day, I was just like I was I was I felt like garbage. And it was July Fourth weekend. They were gonna go out to the beach and watch all the fireworks, but I was so just like destroyed. I was like, I'm just gonna play craps for a little bit, and then I'm gonna go back to the hotel and I'm gonna take a nap. Uh, and so they go to the beach and I'm just like sitting there like in my hungover haze and just, I'm just going to throw some dice. I'm just going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I go on this roll. I ended up, um, uh, 80 bucks. I ended up making 80 bucks on the entire like time that I was playing. Nice. Uh, from, um, from a professional gambler, that means, that means a lot, you know? Uh, but I just had this one crazy role. You know those roles where like people start applauding, where they're like, "Oh, this is going on for so long. We're all making so much money. This is so great," you know. But I was just like out of my mind. I was like, all all I kept thinking about was like, I'm I'm wasting all of the luck that I have stored stored up for my life. People were like, pat me on the back, and I'm like, I'm getting hit by a truck as soon as I leave here, you know, with my chips. It's gonna be a real fucking nightmare. Uh, but anyways, Allison. Oh, sorry. Bro, what were you going to say about it? Uh, I was going to talk about uh, a Hooters that I saw because I just took a trip to Southeast Asia and I was in Thailand. I forgot to ask you about Cambodia, that. got a Hooters down there? Singapore. There was, that oh was, what was surprising. I was in Bangkok and there was a Hooters. And what was so funny was it was, the, it was by far the tamest uh, thing that you <laughs> I was looking at. I, I took a picture of it. I, That's I the churchgoers. They go there. <laughs> exactly. I'm on I Instagram. Got I literally took a photo of a Hooters, and there's just like four or five prostitutes right outside on the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would you go to this Hooters? Like, there's women who will gladly have sex with you for not that much money. Mm-hmm. And then right across the street, like a bunch of, you know, go-go uh, bars and just more various forms of prostitution. Mm. It actually made me laugh because like, wow, the Hooters is mm-hmm. saintly. It's just so tame, you know? <laughs> really Really you know what's weird also I, so I went to Stormy Daniels for Halloween and uh, so I was wearing like a dress I saw the pictures you. you guys looked adorable thank you Stormy liked the photo <laughs> at Instagram and did she really no big deal that's yep. great totally did it was a huge Good moment thank you very much uh, but so we went to the Hooters like later that night and I have like my tits out and like it's like my I'm like taped into this dress and for some reason and it was very late but like all of the dealers were wearing like oversized Hawaiian shirts and like weren't like one of them was like kind of older. And I was like, what is happening? Like it's Halloween night. I don't understand. Like what is this costume of too much clothing? <laughs> I'm like, I am the most exposed person. On the floor the I came to this casino with my tits out, hoping to be amongst fellow tit out people. And instead I feel shunned by all this clothing. And then the shift changed. And then the girls who came in during the shift change were dressed in like the normal tit out outfit. Yeah. And I was like, thank God. And also she was real dumb and miscounted my chips at one point to my benefit and Whoa, I didn't say anything not and bad. she didn't notice so I was just like All right. not bad that's like last night I bought some hot sauce a dude gave me an extra dollar on my change so I feel like we had like the exact same, same thing, thing. happen <laughs> exact same thing you know? it was literally the exact same thing I was at a dollar table <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah no craps gambling Vegas tits is this podcast has it all guys um, Allison yeah what's going on with you oh wait no what I wanted to tell you 
Rob, yeah. you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. We've been on the, we've been on the air for like 50 minutes. I know. You just bring up this trip to Asia that it's you went too much. on. I could it's talk about biggest, it. Hard. It's the <laughs> biggest news that any of us have, and you're bringing, waiting until now to bring it up. I have, yeah, it was a crazy Jeebus, trip. It was a month man. long. I went all over Southeast Asia. I had no idea what I was doing. I just booked a, a flight to Bangkok and back. Okay. And then I just decided to kind of like let fate just kind of guide me. That's bonkers. Uh, as, as comedians often do, like, I wound up just booking things like random because I talked to people. Oh, you're going there? Yeah. Do you, do you know this person? Have you booked that show? And I'm like, well, I guess I could. And then I, I just started like wandering, getting like r- random shows in different countries. And I just, I guess I'm going to Malaysia. So I was in Kuala Lumpur wow. and I did a show there. And I'm, wow. I was in Singapore and did shows there. It was, it was really cool. Being in Thailand was crazy because it was just like, I, I mean, it was a mess. Like it was lawlessness. I don't think I really honestly saw a cop. Uh, the entire week I was there, and I'm not even kidding. I just I'm like, Where, where's like the the law enforcement? Saying, <laughs> Thailand, <laughs> Thailand, no holds barred. There's no it rules. It really was. There's no and, rules. And uh, but everyone just it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. And then I went to um, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. After that, and that was like going 40 or 50 years into the future. Uh, the, the the structures made more sense. The roads were better. There was less just craziness with motorcycles on the road, um, and people just like riding like four or five to a motorcycle. Uh, in Malaysia. And then I went to Singapore, and that's like going 150 years into the future. Mm. It was just completely, you know, um, uh, cleaned up, but still with that same, you can see the roots uh, tracing back. Mm -hmm. Like like in America, you can kind of trace those roots back to, you know, Greece and, and Rome. And with Singapore, it was really cool to be able to see. I was like, oh, I was just in Malaysia and I was just in Thailand before that. And, you know, the way the buildings are structured, the way the people are and behave, that sort of culture, the food, it all tracked. But it mm. was like I was heading, you know, further and further into mm. the future. And then I went to Cambodia and it was like everyone bombed it and it went back <laughs> 200 years. I was like, this is so <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, but still the same and the food and the culture are all very similar. And uh, then I had I had probably the most fun in Cambodia just because I was learning how to travel as I went along. I, each each progressive trip and country, I just realized more and more. I'm like, this trip is whatever you make it. You just go ahead and just do things. Mm-hmm. Just plan a thing for tomorrow. Wake up early and do it. And by the time I got to Cambodia, my last week, I was like, I was just doing everything I possibly could. Wow. And it was really really cool just to come across people. Anyone over forty in that country just has lived a crazy life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean. The, the, the Khmer Rouge, uh, that warring really ceased in maybe 1998. Mm-hmm. So that was like the last shots fired. So anybody, like I said, who, who's of a certain age just has a tale to tell. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I had a cab driver that I got to just hang out with all day, literally for like a nominal fee. He's like, I'll just be your guy. You just buy a person for the day and he just drives around. <laughs> And it's just crazy. There's literally no problems with that. Like, I don't know why we don't how do that. Much, how much does it cost for a person? For a person. Uh, it was like $75, and I gave him 100 and yeah. he, was, he gave me a hug. Yeah, at but the for the, the whole day, bro. Day rate for a nothing. person is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That, because, is, uh, that is pretty woman money right there. <laughs> he, he drove me from the airport to my hotel, and then he said, hey, are you going on any, like, tours? And I said, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure. He said, well, if you do... Call me. I'll just take you to these tours. Like, I also sell these tours. So I can take you to this mountain. I can take you to this thing. And I was like, sure. He's like, well, it's 40 for this. It's 20 for that. And I said, all right, let's just do a couple. Like, pick me up at 8 a.m. and we'll just we'll just chill. And so I, from 8 a.m. till about midnight, he drove me to the airport afterwards. I just had this guy. And he was like, ah, what is this? It's going to be like 75 bucks. I was like, well, here's 100 and thanks. He's like, oh, you gave me a hug. And it was really cool because... <laughs> This guy, I asked him, I was like, well, what did you do before you, because he's got a tuk-tuk as well, if you know, there's like little like uh, motor like bike things that just like, carry one person. So he bought that. That's his and his wife's now. So he's got a little small business. 
the cab. He just works for a, a cab company. And he's been doing this for like, you know, 20 years or so. And I said, what'd you do before that? He's like, I was a farmer before that. I said, like, oh, that's interesting. How does that work? Did you just like, you know, did you sell your crops or whatever? He's like, no, I just ate the crops. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't have like excess. I didn't have like a surplus yeah. of food. Oh, God. Couldn't go to the market. I just, I just grew things, I just grew oh, things that's and so ate real. it. And that's how I And lived. I tried not to die because <laughs> there were people shooting all the time. And I was like, yeah. And you're talking about, course, no, 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 dude, dude, four-hour work week. You got yeah. to understand, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a, uh, what do you call it? Dude, I got this app you should download. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you should pot about this. Think this about how scalable your business can be. Uh, that That is unbelievable. I hope Very that, real life. I'm hoping that there. you do something with that because it sounds like there's, you know, like uh, uh, three hours worth of interesting stories uh, from your trip to Asia. Uh, we are slowly running out of time here, uh, but let's do plugs now. And that way we're not rushed towards the end. Then we, hopefully we can finish on awesome stories. Uh, Fumi, anything you want to tell people about? Anything you want to plug? Anything yeah. you want people to go check out? For sure, man. Uh, listeners, check out my podcast. It's called Asian Not Asian. Mm-hmm. It's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. All right. It's check, for everybody. Check that out. <laughs> and uh, Allison, anything you want to tell people about? Um, I have a new podcast coming out soon called The Tableverse. You can follow us on social media at The Tableverse. Uh, it's an RPG podcast, very off-brand, but it's fun. Whoa! I know. RPG podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but in space. And um, and then shows I have uh, A Night of Thrillvia at The Creek in the Cave on November 9th at midnight. And then doing Sucker Punch at Boxers and Hell Kitchen. <laughs> Gig bar, which we're very excited about, mm-hmm. on the thirteenth. All right, sounds good. At nine and uh, Rob, uh, you can just follow me at Rob Ryan Rocks. I do have an album that's going to be coming out. It's called Rob Ryan Non Alcoholic, but all that information would be available on my social media. On Rob Ryan social Rocks. media. All right, I'm Jared Berenstein. You can all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. You should buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Uh, all the old episodes of this show, Hangout Party Fun Time, are available in podcast version. So. Uh, check out Hangout Party Fun Time on iTunes or whatever it is you listen to uh, podcasts on. You can also check out my other radio show, Famous Dead People, where comedians pretend to be people from history. Famous Dead People is also a podcast on iTunes or whatever it is that you are listening to uh, your podcast on. But all that stuff and all my upcoming shows and projects can be found on JarrettBerenstein.com. Oh, boy, there was something else I wanted to talk to you guys about. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Allison, what's going on with you? How are you living in the last two minutes that we have on the show? Oh, I'm pretty hungover. You know, just got back from Vegas, as I mentioned. And, uh, People are hungover coming back from Vegas? Yeah. That's really weird. It's a good time, though. <laughs> it was tripping balls. Do they still Halloween. make... Do they? Oh, really? Yeah. I want to talk more about that. But do... Um, uh, do you guys know that that show? I don't know if it still exists where they're called like LA to Vegas or something, or yeah, it's about it's just, the flight from LA to yeah, Vegas. Is that still going on? Because I remember I used to go out to Vegas pretty regularly, and I always thought it was so funny how people leaving Vegas like were so different than the people coming into Vegas. <laughs> you know, it was just like having such a good time, but it's just like, oh no, we're dead. Don't talk to us. We just want to go back to our lives and rest for a year. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you were tripping balls. Yeah. Uh, what did you do in Vegas with your, uh, experience? With, uh, well, I, I, you know, hung out with some family, did a show, uh. I mean, while you were on drugs. What did you do oh, while, while you were on, on drugs? drugs. Yeah. Oh, I went to a fish concert. Oh, that's so pretty classic. I went to a fish concert on Halloween, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay, so it's a really, uh, seconds. It's, like, a really fun thing when you go to a fish show at MSG, because then just, like, a herd of hippies that are tripping out. Uh, just get released into Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> but then this time I got to experience that same thing, but 
being released onto the MGM Grand Casino. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a endless. A billion it. times and weirder. also everyone's in a crazy costume. Wow. <laughs> so, so like a guy who is also a bathtub just like storming. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a great note to end the show on. Um, I'm also going to say uh, my next uh, uh, hallucinogenic adventure, I want to go to Natural History Museum. So just oh. that. Uh, mm, thanks cool. so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much to my guests. Uh, listen to Radio Free Brooklyn. Check out all my stuff at jaredbarrington.com. Rob Ryan, Allison Clem, Fumi Abe, all awesome comedians. Check us out. Listen to the next show. It's going to be incredible. Uh, five, four seconds left. Enjoy your lives, everybody. Be kind to each other. Uh, vote in the midterms for Democrats. Goodbye!